I, I always tell Jessica I really liked her look on wedding day, though, even though you tried to. And it's hard to impress you, Ash. I thought you looked so pretty. I was like, I'm going to cry. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who this man is, but really happy. You're the only person in my actual life who commented on how I looked that day. And I really appreciated that. You're welcome. That's that's what's most important, everyone. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode four. Before we jump into things, we obviously want to talk about, you know, what's going on in the world right now. There are much bigger problems than anything that we are about to talk about. Um, And we just want to offer our prayers, which is, you know, some people think it's cliche to offer thoughts and prayers, but um, I do believe in the power of prayer. And so just for the people of Ukraine who are in an unimaginable uh, situation right now, we are just praying for you and, and hoping and praying for peace. Absolutely. Um, prayers here as well, and just praying for a safe and peaceful resolution to all of this mess. Um, and it is a mess. It's it's so sad and so tragic. And, um, you know, we and Jess are, you know, we love pop culture, but we are also very interested in current affairs and current events. Um, we talk to each other about it quite a bit. So just want to let you guys know that we are in the loop on that. And we are praying for those people. Yep. Ukrainians. Staying up to date as much as we can on the situation over there. And, you know, we're here to help however we can. I know, obviously, we're, we're pretty far away. And um, it, it's always one thing to say that and to do it. Um, if anyone has, you know, any way for us to uh, get more involved, please reach out to us and let us know. Um, and we will share that information out with all the listeners. Please do. I love that. I love that. Okay. So um, the finale we the both watched finale. it, obviously. Um, I was pretty shocked by um, a lot of what went down in the finale. What about you? I was as well. Um, it was crazy for me to watch that finale. <laughs> what I'm do not you gonna mean? lie. It was just weird because I put myself back in it, and I know what was going on behind the scenes during my TV wedding. We called it Decision Day. I tried to make it as unwedding-like as possible, so I didn't have my dad there. I chose not to walk down with flowers. I chose a dress I would never wear, makeup I wouldn't do, nails I wouldn't do. My nails were about this color, actually. <laughs> and I was interested to see— those who are listening, her nails are, like, black right now, aren't they? And it's very rare. It's a rare thing for me. But I was interested to see the women who— we're saying no at the altar, did decide to do the entire bridal thing. What did you think about that? I mean, I didn't want to pull my dad into that and have that moment. I actually saw Kelly Chase this morning was crying on Instagram talking about that moment with her dad. I only want to have that moment once with my dad. And Whoa. for me, I wasn't pulling him into that situation. Right. Understood. Um yeah, I mean, and, you know, obviously we're planning weddings right now. Um, and so I do understand like how emotional it can be, you know, um, I can only imagine on that big day. Um, and you'd want your family and friends there if you knew that you were marrying the one, if you're new, if you knew that you like had made the right decision. So obviously, you know, I don't fault you for not wanting your father there to walk you down the aisle to somebody that you knew was not the one. Right. Um I think I was a little surprised that um, some of the women and men had their families there um, and they knew that they would be saying no. I don't know if they, you know, it could have also be seen as like they wanted them there for support, right? We saw the beautiful moments between DT and her mother. How beautiful was that? Um, And Natalie and her father, right? So, And they're so uh, cute. That bond is so special and it comes through for sure. And I did think to myself, what if I would have been involved my family a bit more and having that support there might have helped that situation a bit. But again, for me, it was really all about the sentiment around a wedding and, and being a bride. And for me, I only want to have that situation happen once. Unfortunately for you, Ashley, you did get to attend my TV wedding, which I know was a lot of fun. <laughs> So you get wedding. to come to a wedding twice for me. But that was, I don't cons- yeah, that, I consider that decision day. Was that day. Okay? Oh my gosh, you're so silly. Yeah, um, that was quite an experience going to your, are we calling it your TV wedding? Okay. 
TV wedding or decision day? Decision day. Um, I got to say, I was so out of the loop too. Like for these, the castmates, friends and family, they're probably just like the same way I was when I was kind of there. Like what, so is this a, (laughs) is she about to get married? You know what I mean? It's just like, what's going on? (laughs) It's surreal. I was about as clueless as you were. <laughs> um, I really liked. I, I always tell Jessica I really liked her look on wedding day, though. Even though you tried to, and it's hard to impress you, Ash. Yeah, you tried to go like a different. So I really appreciate that. I thought you looked so pretty. I was like, I'm going to cry. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who this man is, but really you're, happy. You're the only person in my Ish. actual life who commented on how I looked that day, and I really appreciated that. You're welcome. That's that's what's most important, everyone. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through the couples really quick because we do have a special guest joining us pretty soon. All right. So the first to get married, it was really quick. I was like, wait, did I miss something? I, I like rewound um, whatever oh. went back on Netflix because the first couple and everybody, I'm so bad with names. Nick and Danielle. Nick and Danielle. I was like, they're getting married. I was like, this is it. It's happening. They're doing it. I was like, what happened to the fighting? I know. And he was sweating. I don't know if I've ever seen someone sweating so profusely. He sweat through his entire suit coat and his pants. In Chicago. In Chicago. So this must have been (laughs) July. I can almost pinpoint the date that this wedding took place. But I felt so bad for this dude. Um, I would be sweating too, in all fairness, if I was marrying someone I just met six weeks before. I mean, on a television show. It's a leap. It's a leap. It's a leap of faith. But we're really happy for them. Congratulations, Nick and Danielle. And um, wishing you all the best. Um, Can we send them a gift? Oh, we should send them a gift. I would love to have them on um, and just kind of talk about their experience and how it was, you know, obviously very different from mine. They seem (laughs) amazing. And um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get them on. I know I want to talk to you and Ashley mentioned we have a special guest coming up. Super excited to talk to Dr. Kirk Honda today. And I do want to run this by him because I have seen this disc going around on Instagram, particularly aimed at Danielle. She needs therapy. This girl doesn't need a husband. She needs therapy. To me, that's just a someone who doesn't. Um, one, it's rude. Two, yeah. <laughs> I, I believe everyone needs therapy, so it's just a weird comment to make, and then everyone kind of piles on from there. I want to discuss that once he jumps on, but I do hope that, um, you know, she's she's in a good place. I know that she got put through the ringer because some of her insecurities were aired, and maybe some of her m- moments that she wished didn't make it on TV, which I can obviously sympathize with, um, but... You know, hopefully they've been able to work through all of that and and they're in a better place now. I guess we'll see you next week at the reunion. Yeah, that was a, it was like, all right, they're married. The first couple up. Wham, I was like, all right, Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, I can't remember who was next. It wasn't. It was Deep Tea and Shake. Was it? Okay, so they were next. Um, I think this is probably the most talked about right now, mm-hmm. uh, how their wedding ended. And first of all, she looks so beautiful. And I like the whole Indian culture and like how they incorporated that. I really enjoyed seeing that. So I thought cool. that was so pretty. Um, so cool. Um, obviously I did not think they were going to get married. Very happy. She turned him down, but I had secondhand embarrassment watching him react to being rejected. Same. I think I can sympathize with him a bit because those 47 days are so treacherous, especially when you know you don't want to marry someone. At the end, you do want to have a party. If you remember, we all went out for pizza and I felt such a weight lifted off because that experience had ended. I had gotten through it unscathed, seemingly at the moment. And I was ready to party too. You know, I waited until I wasn't mic'd. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which might have been a good idea for him. Um, but I loved Deep Tea. I love how she handled everything. The moment with her mother was so touching. And, you know, my mom reached out and she's like, I love Deep Tea. She is just the best. She's obsessed with her. I think we all are. She's America's sweetheart. We love Deep Tea. We got to get yeah, her like, on, Ash. We got to get her on. Sure. 
Uh, open invitation. And as we've said from the get-go, all of these women seemed like super accomplished and very normal and super sweet. And we were like, why are they single? But yeah, I was not surprised that she turned him down, but I was just like, this is so... He's embarrassing himself. He's embarrassing me uh, with his reaction. I think he said it was a net positive. Who <laughs> <laughs> says that? Well, like, she won't be single for long. That's all I have be. to say. And he might be. I mean, you never know. I don't know. The, you know, clout is a hell of a drug, right? So... We hate to Who see is next? it. We hate to see it. We've got Shane and Natalie. All right. So surprise here. I was wrong here. You were wrong. I thought that this was crafted mm-hmm. as, you know, somewhat of the fairy tale, somewhat of the Lauren Cameron story from season one. Right. And it wasn't until like the very end that she was like, we're having some fights and, and you know, they like peeled back the curtain, so to speak, and admitted that there was there were issues, right? There's nothing wrong with having issues. I think we all have them. But I think like in editing anyway, I thought, oh, this is, they have no problem. They love each other. It's working out, you know? And so I was really surprised. Yeah, it sounded like they had a pretty bad argument the night before. And some words were said that, you know, you can't can't take those back in the heat of it. And, um, you know, good, good for them both. I think it... it was pretty obvious to me they were not ready for marriage. Well, I, I think he was not. Oh, you mean as a couple? As I a think couple. She, she is. She's got members. She's like, I'm ready to buy a house. She's like, right. She I, th- I mean, I think she's financially <laughs> secure. But yeah. in terms of that match, I don't right. think they were ready to be married again. That's my opinion. They might have felt differently at some point in time. But um, yeah, for Side me note, as though, a viewer, you know, it was it was a cute romantic thing. But again, we've all been in month long relationships where we're having fun with somebody and joking around. <laughs> and we're really glad we never married that person. Can you imagine? And I wonder if like they had a fight the night before the wedding. Can you, I wonder if any of our listeners have, who are married have had a fight the night before. And what is that? I mean, I think oh. I would be such a drama queen. I think I would just be like, just we'll cancel it. Like, I don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, who wants to go into the next day like that? And I'm sure it happens because, first of all, like, when you're getting married, you're stressed. Um, well, I am. I don't know. Uh, when you're planning a wedding, you're stressed. And so, like, the night mm-hmm. before, to get into a huge argument where I think, like, I read, or did he say, like, I hate you or something like that? She she said that he said, I hate you or something like that. So she exposed, yeah, too, what happened in this private argument. That's a problem. Which I hate is, you. All right. Yeah. So the next day we're going to walk down the aisle. That's a problem. But I'm curious if anyone's ever gotten into a fight and, and how they handled it. That would be rough. And then the next day you're walking down the aisle, like not <laughs> so looking cool. like me where I was like, so happy. <laughs> Put your black nail polish on. Um, okay. Who was but next? We're, we're happy for them um, yes. in choosing to go their own ways. Yeah. Jarrett and Ayana. Oh, I have to say, God. I picked this couple from the beginning. I thought they were mom and dad. And the whole thing was so sweet. They integrated their families. The three of them praying before the ceremony. I was crying. I love this couple. I'm rooting for them. I'm so glad they went through with it. I really like them too. And I got to say, I was looking at Ayana's Instagram last night and I was like, she's just super like unassuming, sweet girl. Like, you know what I mean? Not saying she is. I post a bunch of selfies, so I'm not judging anybody, but like you could just tell like she wasn't like, she's not like doing the reality show to do the reality show, if that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? It was just almost like she kind of wanted to do this experiment to find somebody. And I think that they will work out. I think that like, they were so cute on wedding day and we definitely wish them the best. We need to send them a little gift too. I really Let's like send them. them a gift. She is wife material and he is so loyal and he's fun. So what? Yeah. I Gary have a little fun say, on there too. Like, did you? Let's just move on. Well, I mean, mine was, <laughs> mine was borderline, um, destructive. <laughs> All right. Two things the, I want to say though. Gary, was wanted, Gary was like, Jarrett was his favorite from day one. He was like, this guy's the realist. He kept it real with both women. He wasn't lying. And, um, Gary was like, I, I knew it. He's like, so the man's perspective. There yeah, you have it. Perspective, for sure. And then, um, obviously, you know, like just going through YouTube and like with the second season coming out, there's a lot of attention on the first season as well as we've mm-hmm. talked about you you know, people are following you, people are commenting and and kind of just being introduced to you as well. And I was just on YouTube and I was like, Jessica, you have so many greatest hits 
on YouTube. And I was just like, how is this is like legendary status. I'm so mad that you got so much flack for this because I feel like people went really easy on this cast. And I just feel like reality show legend status and not just saying that because you're my friend. I was cracking up in bed. I was voice texting you like, I know you can't watch this stuff, but (laughs) this is hilarious. This is so funny. There's some really good stuff out there. I'm not going to lie. It's so funny. I, I came to entertain. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, I was just the part. I'm just saying one more part. When you're like, I'm not going to be doing his laundry. You're like, I'm happy to take it to wash and fold. And that's what I do. I do. I pay for Ben's laundry to get done. <laughs> no, it was so cute. I still check the box. Check. I'm a she whole life laundry. now, Ashley. I love it. It's just, I just had to throw that I out there. I do the dishes. You know I, hated- I do the laundry. I do the cleaning. And, you know. I mean, I I quarterback it all. I quarterback. So, like, I find ways to get it all done, and I pay for it. So She does it all. She does it all. Check, check, check. Hey. Um, Mallory and Sal? I was proud of Sal. I have so much respect for him because this is just my perspective. I don't know anything about this couple behind the scenes, but I do believe they probably both said, we're not going to get married. And they called on him first, which, by the way, you don't know who's going to get called first. That was a surprise in my ceremony that Mark was the first to say, I do or I don't. They called on Sal first, and he said no. Coming from someone who's been on this show and has been on the wrong side of that situation, I had mad respect for him being the one to say no and not putting Mal in the situation to have to look like she's breaking his heart. Speaking from experience, it sounds like. Speaking from experience. So mad respect to Sal. Um, And I loved how they talked after the fact. And it seems like they're pretty friendly. And I wonder if they will date outside of this experience. She's so cute. Let me ask you this, though. Like, And I think this is really interesting. And this is kind of like a behind the scenes for the listeners you said that sometimes couples will talk ahead of the altar and be like, let's do it. Let's commit. I'm ready. Or, you know, let's take a beat. Like, let's be friends. Let's date some more. Um, and then when you get to the altar, you, you could be caught by surprise by what they say. You could, and you did in my situation. (laughs) And by you, you mean you. I mean me. I was like, oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Final nail in the coffin. Yeah. Of love is blind one for Jess. You're, you're spending time with this person on camera and off camera, and anyone is going to have a conversation with that person about where you're at and what this is going to look like in the end. Because especially now that we're in season two, these cast members know how these things play out. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're having that conversation. If you're not, you really should be. Um, so I'm 100% positive that all of these contestants had the conversation going into the altar. What do you think about the reaction to some of it? Like, some of it, I think, is a little more warranted. Like, the reaction, the strong reaction to Shake and how he handled the situation. But uh-huh. some of it is, you know, it. and you could speak to this. It's like, this is your life. This is... You are actually getting married on paper. This is not just for Netflix. You have a marriage license. Oh, this is real. There are contractual implications on top of that marriage certificate with the production company. So, uh, you know, as most people realize, you know, um, so I'm not giving out any inside secrets there, but it's very serious. And you really have to be ready to take that on. Yeah, you're going to shoot to fame and people are going to fall in love with you and your love story. And it, all of that comes along with that little package. But whew, I would take my situation and walking away and the world piling on me for that any day over getting into a marriage with someone I didn't feel 100% about. Having people comment on that marriage and feel that they have a right to do that and potentially being unhappy in that. And that's a scary situation. So I was not willing to take that risk. No, and I don't even think it would have been potentially. I think he would have been unhappy. Like, you know, keep it real. Like, 
oh, who wants to marry someone they're like on the fence with or. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, how, how quickly do you think these guys are going to get on Cameo? Which I love Cameo, by the way. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Get a Cameo. Shout out. I've got some really interesting requests that have been coming in. This woman sent me a request. She wanted me to talk to her husband and, and say, hey, B, I really wish you wouldn't have married so-and-so because we should be together. And wait, is that, wait, is that your baby voice? She wanted it in the baby voice. And <laughs> so I actually had to run it by Ben. I'm like, is this okay if I do this? And of Get course he was like, that's hilarious. Yep, yeah. do it. <laughs> but uh, the Tinder swindler got $30,000 in three days. And most people are requesting that he says, I need some money for my enemies are after me. Wait. Can you believe it? And I mean, most of us give back to charity on Cameo. So most of the funds that I've made off of there, I've given back to charity. Now I'm giving it to the podcast as well. But do you think he's donating this money to charity, Ashley? No, he is the charity. <laughs> what? He I didn't is know the he charity. I didn't know he, that kind of makes me mad. It's so ugly. Who is paying for this? Come on, guys. Do we have Dr. Kirk? All right, we've got Dr. Kirk in the house. You guys, I'm so excited for this. Ashley and I have our first guest joining us today. Dr. Kirk Honda is in the house. We're going to bring him on here. Oh, Dr. Kirk, you may know him from doing these assessments. I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but he would um, assess the Love is Blind cast. And we kind of started to um, listen to him and follow him last year. And uh, his hot takes were so interesting and, and just refreshing. So we wanted to have him on. So welcome. Welcome, Dr. Kirk. Hello. And these these recaps went so viral. And it sounds like you started doing the recaps when you're watching Love is Blind with your wife. And they just went absolutely viral. And someone like me who was pushing off every type of social media or anything that had to do with this show made its way to me. And I watched a couple of them, which I couldn't even watch the actual show. But somehow when I was watching these recaps, it gave me a bit of peace and comfort. Um, I felt you were really unbiased, by the way. Um, but it gave me just a feeling of more compassion towards myself, towards the others on the cast. And thank you for that. Yeah. I've also gone through some of the comments on your recap videos, and I know that your audience also feels the same way. They yeah. feel more compassion for these crazy people that signed up to do reality television. And also, you know, they can then take that into their own personal interactions with their loved ones. So really cool what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm glad that it helped you because I feel like, you know, it's a lot to go on these shows and the uh, ups and downs emotionally. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I would never do it. I would never have the courage. So I can't. And I, I just I feel bad for a lot of people that get the short end of the stick on the Internet. You know what I mean? Can we talk about those season one and season two? From my perspective, just as a viewer and as a friend of a cast member, um, were very different to me. I think season one, the cast went into this not knowing anything about this show. It had not been done before, right? They had no idea what to expect. Jessica went on the show to find a man. You know what I mean? And I feel like um, she was really just hammered at the press on social media, you know, for just knowing what she wanted. And I think season two, you know, the cast members knew what they were getting into and were able to maybe better craft like their narrative. What do you think of that? You tell me. Well, I try to stay out of that um, mindset of trying to evaluate like the gamemanship. Of course, that happens on all reality TV sh shows, even mm -hmm. the first season of Love is Blind, I I'm guessing, because people are familiar with reality shows at this point. So I... Um, I try to stay away from that uh, because if I start getting into that place, then I overthink what everyone is doing. And I try to use the shows as a jumping off point to talk about things that I've experienced with my clients and in my personal life. And so now sometimes it becomes so obvious, but there wasn't anything in season two that seemed like there was 
I mean, to me, it would have to be something like someone went on the show in a disingenuous way and they weren't really there to meet someone and they just wanted to get clout and they just wanted to more have a more Instagram followers and they weren't looking for love. And that didn't seem to be true. It seemed like people were legitimately looking to find their soulmate to me, but you know, maybe I'm just gullible. What, why did you think that it seemed like some people were on there in a fake way? I thought the storylines were, I don't know if it was, I don't want to say anyone, you know, was on it in a fake way, but I thought, I don't know. I think that like the season one did not know what they were getting into. I almost feel like it's when people sign up for the bachelor now, you know what I mean? They're like, all right, I got a clothing line to sell. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that it would be unwise to assume that people don't have that at least partially in their mind. But yeah, season one seemed like, everyone was just like, what is happening? I don't, you know, and, and and just, they just all seem like regular people. And it, it, that's what really made that season special. Yeah. I think to me, it's season one was such an experiment. There was no Netflix. It was called the Atlanta singles show. And we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. So we were kind of throwing ourselves into it. And it was, you know, for all intents and purposes an experiment, I think, now, with subsequent seasons, I just don't know that they're going to have the level of gullibility, if you will, <laughs> you know, um, throwing throwing things at us um, because it's now going to follow the sequence that everybody knows. Right. Um, yeah. So it'll well, can be I ask you a couple of questions, say. Jessica, because I, yes. I, I've I, I'm dying to ask. So ask one, away. let me just tell you a little preamble. So I started watching this reality TV show at the beginning of the pandemic with my wife and I immediately thought. I wonder if I should do, rea- I've never done reaction videos, but there's so much stuff here as a couples therapist that I could be saying. There's like so many things that I could be talking about and I'm a talker anyway. And so uh, this is going to be great. And so I posted it thinking that, you know, my one or 2000 fans would appreciate it maybe, but it was just kind of like boredom to, you know, we're all locked in our houses with nothing to do. I was just like, well, I might as well do something. And then it took off and um, then you, t- uh, you know, DM'd me or something. And I was just like, wait, what? So the cast members are watching me? Like, this is mortifying. What did I say? <laughs> and uh, because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And suddenly you, you were the first person, I think, that contacted me. And I just thought, oh, no, like, they're not supposed <laughs> to watch this, you know? And, and so, um, you know, it was really... Uh, relieving when you said that you appreciated what I was saying, but you know, I wasn't like not pulling punches with you. It wasn't like I wasn't. So I'll just say that I apologize deeply if, if, you know, if there's anything that bothered you about what I said, but the other thing that I'm curious about is what was I saying that resonated with you? Because I said a lot of things about you. Yeah. By the way, not at all. Right. So I, I'm in my own therapy now, and my therapist refers to myself as Jessica, and then the character on Netflix is Hollywood Jessica. Okay. So being able to look at myself as two different personas helps me, right? As I and also I realize you're watching that character. Um, right. There were some things, um, you know, a lot of what you said. You kind of said she's got a lot of trauma that things that haven't been resolved. Absolutely. Um, Those things were coming through. Um, The things I was going through behind the scenes with my dog, who's literally, you know, my best friend, and she was going to die. And that's what I was going through behind the scenes. I didn't care anymore that the cameras were on me. And I was, you know, one thing that that you brought up is very inebriated is the way that you said it. Um, (laughs) Ashley said hammered earlier. Either way, you slice it. Yes, that was the case. Um, But the interesting thing was the things that came out in After the Altar were the truths that I had to sit on while the world was watching this crazy portrayal of me. Yeah. And I was so happy that those things finally came out. But you were watching the show and you were saying, yes, I was inebriated. I had a lot of trauma. It wasn't cool what I was doing with Amber and Barnett, which anybody who watched the show would think that. Um, But you did say that Mark had seemed very performative and there was just something that you couldn't figure out. And no one knew any of the behind the scenes stuff that had happened. We had both agreed to say no at the altar. And 
I thought we had a great friendship. And at the end, I was the one that felt very betrayed. So the mm. fact that some of that stuff was coming through and you're reading it to me made me feel a little bit of relief. Yeah. Not that I was so, wanting him to be called out or anything like that. But um, well, did you sense it when you were live <clears throat> with him that there was something performative about what he was doing? Oh, absolutely. That was the entire that was the entire issue was when we were in the pods. I was getting to know this person and I had fallen in love or that was the way that it felt. And you I knew I had love these with, strong. You felt in love with Mark. <clears throat> I fell in love with Mark. I had these strong oh. feelings for Barnett that yeah. I couldn't deny. Yeah. But I felt that I was there for a reason. I'm someone that feels that man's rejection is God's protection. And, oh, my ultimate reason for signing up for the show must have been Mark. And, you know, did you in your heart? To my I mean, I, I, I don't want to be skeptical of the love part, but I, I, I want this. I've always wanted to know, like in your heart, like when you were just alone, did you have that feeling like, Mark? Yes, I love him deeply in person or in the pods? Uh, both, I guess. In the pods, I had that moment. I was laying on the couch and I, I thought to myself, I love him deeply. Now that I look back on that, and I have it all in a journal to where I look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I really felt these things. <clears throat> and I felt really strongly for Barnett too, I will say it, because um, that's all in the journal as well. What it was, was this rejection that I felt in the Barnett situation that so strongly pushed me towards Mark. And I felt yeah. I needed like that comfort of knowing he loved me unconditionally. The rejection right. I couldn't even handle. I would do anything to mask that and kind of cover it up. And that's where I just kind of threw myself into it and thought, why am I here? I'm here for a reason. This all must be, you know, the mm. reason why. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like the the pain, and I hadn't really ever thought about it. Of course, it makes sense that we were watching you as you were dealing with a devastating rejection from Barnett. And then you have to like hang out with him and his and his fiance and right. just be like, yay, yeah. <laughs> let's have exactly. I drink more. And then I lose my mind and hit <laughs> yeah. on him. You know, like um, yeah. it's it's got to be pretty rough. And then it's not a good look. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. I, do people ever get drunk? Well, like, come on, like, stop no judging. No kidding. Me. And I thought that, I, I have to say this too, because everybody was drinking on that show. Everybody. And you'll notice the Gold Cups this season. Everyone's drinking, but I felt like, uh, obviously, Jessica, you know. Went a little overboard. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like yeah. Barnett. I mean, it wasn't like you were, I don't know. You were just trying to seduce him. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work, you know, it and, didn't work. you know, it wasn't like you were, you didn't lie or anything. You're just like, Hey, let's, let's make this happen. Barnett. Absolutely. And, and yeah. he was like, yeah, uh, you know, this isn't going well. And you know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's worse things that a human could do that I could imagine being judged by the internet for. But anyway, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Like so, so your, your heart, you, you were like, I, I like him. I'm really falling for him in the pods. And then mm -hmm. I'm rejected. Now I'm kind of confused. And Mark now kind of makes me feel accepted and sort of stable or something. Like, what was that feeling? Yeah, I felt loved and stable and safe. Yeah. I He said I would leave if it weren't for you. And, you know, I was like, well, that's that's amazing. And you're kind of in this situation. I wanted to blow up my life in a way. It was really kind of boring at the moment. And that's the reason I was doing this, I want to mix it up. I want to, of course, I wanted to find love. You know, I was at that point and I felt kind of like um, the odd one out of all of my friends and it wasn't happening for me. So I really felt like I was there for a reason. So I jumped in with him and, you know, I wanted the Jarrett and Ayana story. Yeah. It didn't work out with him and Mallory. Mallory was his first pick. And, you know, that's what I could have seen happening. You know, I did not have malintent staying and trying to be with Barnett. You know, the editing um, that can happen is not always chronological. <laughs> so you got to keep that in mind, too. Um, it was not malintent at all. Um, the one thing that that you have said that I would that I would uh, clear up is I, I never felt a friendship with Amber. We were all comrades of sorts because we had signed up for this crazy experience. But 
some of the conversations that were happening behind the scenes, we were never friends. You know, that was not that was not a thing. But still, you know, when there is a committed relationship, some of the things I was saying, I should not have been saying. Yeah. So looking back with Mark, did you feel like some of your attraction to him was based on grief with Barnett? Mm, I think so. I think it was based on just mutual um, like commonalities. We were from yeah. Chicago. He was super. Did you into want fitness. him? Did, did you want Mark? Did you were like, I want him? Like I, the way I felt about, you know, it felt like with Barnett, you wanted him. Yeah. Did you want Mark? I did. And I think the thing that I'm seeing even now watching season two play out, you want anyone because you're in there and you don't have your phone. You don't have your friends. You have access to nothing. No TV, yeah. no radio, nothing. You look forward to like the Golden Corral lunch that they bring in. Um, there's oh. nothing. So when you go into these pods, you're going to connect with these with these people. And it's skewed quite significantly. Right. Yeah, I thought about that with this season of just how isolating and how it kind of that element uh, is different from other reality TV shows where people are just in their regular lives. But on this show, it's really you really are isolated, you know, like when you go to camp and you meet like a they become your best friends in three days. And and so I think that that is an interesting element to it. Yeah, let's do some voicemails. I I have I have another question. For, for Dr. Kirk before um, we get into that. So Ashley and I are both in premarital counseling with our soon-to-be spouses. And Ashley's been with her fiancé for five years. I've been with mine for almost two years. Um, watching Love is Blind, do you think that two individuals can be ready for a marriage after 45 days? I mean, apparently, because some people are still together from season one, right? So, well, how many people are together from season one? Is, is Matt and Amber still together? Two couples are still together. And and Cam and years. Lauren, right? Yeah. And, you know, those relationships seem legit. So, yeah. yeah. And like you said, the concentrated, uh, con- you could say like the pods week is like five months of dating or <laughs> yeah. maybe more, you know? So, uh, so yeah, you know, and my brother, he, uh, proposed to his wife after just a few days and they're happily married like wow. 20, 25 years later or something. That's so great. it, it can happen. I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> it's not, well, that's the thing. I'm still the, learning things about Ben. I'm like, what? I had no idea. Yeah. And I just think about the mistakes that we all could have made if we would have, you know, to oh. take that leap with some of our past partners, right? Yeah. You want to name names, it's Jess? a risk. Just kidding. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll, I'll let Dr. Kirk do that if he wants to. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, this is the first one. <laughs> Hi, Jessica and Ashley. First, I just want to say, Jessica, you are a reality TV legend. Wear that with pride. I am a drag queen, but I love how you guys met through church because I'm also confirmed Catholic. And here's my question. Do you think they'll ever let trans people on Love is Blind? Because I have a lot of trans friends, and I think it could work. Like, I really think it could work. Um, But do you think that's a possibility they'll ever explore? Because they definitely, I feel like they can't do, like, a full-on LGBT moment because it's still very separated boys and girls. But do you think they'll let trans people on? And would you want to see that? Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, we'll let you take this question away. Super interesting. Um, and I, just before, yeah. I would love to see more diversity and inclusion in the show in general. Like, I, what LGBTQ. I wanted to say though, is I just listened to a podcast <laughs> and I forget the name, but this actually happened. Um, I think it was like overseas in Europe where there was a reality show. It was all, um, straight men. And then they had a trans woman as the main character, the bachelorette, so to speak. And, um, it was almost like exploit, exploitative, exploitate. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. Like it was almost like she was exploited. Unfortunately, she um, took her life years later. Um, and the whole podcast was around kind of how you know television used to really just exploit trans people, and that's just like one example. So that was my only concern. Like all are welcome, but if it's going to be just for you know 
like just for entertainment. I just, I worry about that. How have we not heard about that? Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Uh, me, do you want me to chime in on that? Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it will happen. I, I hope it happens. And I mean, not what happened in Europe, as you're saying, but in terms of representation. And I think it would be really interesting content on, on a number of levels. Um, I think that it would, uh, I think you would have to be clear to everyone. You don't want their, you don't want people to sign up for something that they don't know what they're getting into. So if, as long as everyone understands what they're getting into, I, I could imagine that being really amazing. If you're open and honest, then really anyone should be able to participate in the experiment. Yeah. You know, that's 100%. the, yeah. that's the spirit of, of the entire experiment. Voicemail number two. We love it. Hello, my name is Katja. I'm from Germany and I love watching Love is Blind and I love your podcast. I really, really do like your podcast because of your friendship and it makes it really fun and bubbly and yeah, you, Jessica, you just come off really different from Love is Blind and it, it's nice to hear and to watch you. And my question to you is, Jessica, um, what would you do different if you could go back in time to the shooting of Love's Blind, what would you avoid doing? What would you do instead? How would you handle some situations? Um, yeah, that would be my question to you because it's something I ask myself, of course, too, and I am not satisfied with my appearance somehow and what I did. So, yeah, that was my question, and I have. Um, what would you do differently? And, and she wanted to make note that you seem really different now than you did on the show. As messy as it was, I don't have regrets. <clears throat> I don't believe in regrets. Um, but there were three key things I, I would say I would do differently. One, obviously, um, having too much to drink. <laughs> Two, uh, having the conversations with Barnett that weren't appropriate. And, you know, I wish I could take that back. And three, exposing the story about my family, kind of my dad adopting me when I was a baby. I did not like that story being played out alongside the characterization of myself because, you know, it was something that I hadn't even really told many of my friends. No one really knew because it's not even something I think about very much. I never had cognition before my dad came into my life when I was one and a half and he adopted me by the time I was two and a half. So seeing that story come out and I think someone commented to my dad, called him like a stepdad. And um, that was, he was so confused. Um, so I really wish that I hadn't uh, given, given that story. Um, if I could do anything, I would take that one back. Mm. Personal. Very personal. And uh, yeah, the Jessica, afterwards, yeah. was it hard dealing with the internet the way that it is? She wasn't even running her own Instagram I, account for a while. <laughs> yeah, I had to get off of uh, all of social media um, and I was letting my friends run it, which worked out well for me because then my fiance slid into my DMs and I wouldn't have been able to handle that. But my friend was talking to him like she was me. And that's how that connection was made. But um, it was very hard. I came across a YouTube video one day. The YouTube video was directed at Amber. That's why I was watching it. <laughs> but all the commentary was about me. And I'll never forget reading those comments and scrolling through. And most of them, because I wasn't taking a, a ton of offense to some of the character digs that I didn't feel were really true to myself but they started going in on my appearance and saying some of these things that I was just like I can't imagine they ever thought I would be reading these things and it was very destructive and that was one of the worst days um so yeah the internet was horrible 
Um, Does that stuff still stick with you today? It does. Yeah, when I decided to do this podcast and put myself back out there, um, some of these things came up. And it was interesting because my therapist and I were doing all this recon about After the Altar, those three episodes that were released after the season. We thought it was going to be negative and we're just doing everything we could to get in front of it. Uh, and it turned out to, to be a great edit and um, some things came out that I was, I was really happy were aired. We had no idea and had not planned for this season coming out. All these new people are watching Love is Blind the first season and are reaching out to me as though, well, they are watching it for the first time. So, you know, a lot of the hate has been turned back on. And yeah, it was really tough for um, like the first week. I feel like now I'm placing it a bit better. It's like, okay, this was four years ago and I have a lot more control now. I've turned off comments and things like that. Um, But yeah, it definitely triggers me. I don't know if that'll ever end, really. Yeah. I mean, I, as a, you know, a 1% the internet celebrity that you are, um, and I'm a therapist, I'm destroyed by things that people say. And even though I'm like, huh? Like someone just emailed me and said, because I offer scholarships, um, you know, we've given away thousands of dollars to students um, just because I want to give back to the community. And someone emailed in today and said, um, it was weird, but I think it was an accusation that I don't give scholarships for real and that I'm just some sort of greedy, you know, person or something. I'm just like, what is happening? And it, it, you know, you just, as a therapist, I objectively look at that and just be like, well, obviously you're unhinged or uninformed or something's wrong with you, or I don't know what's going on, but it gets under your skin. And I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what it'd be like for you, Jessica, um, how literally traumatic it would be. It, it get, you know, it's Mm -hmm. hard to, you always say, well, you know, you're celebrity. So it just, it doesn't, but I know (laughs) from firsthand kind of that we're not, um, Superman and we have, we were humans and, um, and the amount of hate that you get for, I just think like, what, (laughs) you know, like there's so many better people to hate in the world, not you. (laughs) And so, uh, like part of the reason why I'm asking Jessica is I just want some validation for what I go through on some level, because (laughs) like, is it, is it hard? You know, is it, is it hard sometimes? Yeah, of course. I'm a people pleaser, you know? Um, so it's really hard for me. I always explain it. Like, you know, when you think someone's mad at you, like right now I have a couple people in my mind and I'm going, I haven't talked to them in a little bit. I'm really hoping they're not upset about something. Did I do this wrong? Did I do that wrong? And it bothers me, right? Like it'll come up several times a day. It'll just bubble up. And um, so take that and and how that makes you feel and then multiply it times millions. And your nervous system like literally can't handle it. Yeah. So for me, I just numbed out, tapped out completely. And for me, it's going to work, right? So, so thank goodness that I have like a regular job because I just turned this off and went into this swim lane and just went heads down and, you know, um, that, that felt really good to me, but so you just can't even look at it. You can't look it would... at it and you can't internalize it. I still am a people pleaser. It's with the people I love and care about. That's the stuff that bothers me. The people that are on the internet, most of them are bots. Um, a lot of them, you know, are, you have to have compassion for them because they're just watching this character through a television show and they're very invested. And a lot of times they're putting themselves in that position. Like a lot of the death threats that I got, um, a lot of the people that were telling me to commit suicide were men. And I had to imagine they were maybe men that had put themselves in the situation where I was rejecting them because people get so involved with these shows. They think they're a part of it. And um, so I, I try to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Well, last question. Sorry for just commandeering your show, but because I've no, always wanted it. to talk with you, Jessica, on this level. Like, <laughs> but uh, is there one thing that you're willing to share that a comment that just continues to like pop up in your head? When the show had come out and Unhinged was really the kicking off point for that, you know, six months of hate that I experienced. Um, 
So what does unhinged mean to you? Like, I, I don't even know what that means precisely. What did that off, mean to you? Off the rocker, just kind of like a old, unhinged, um, just not sane, uh, just kind of pathetic. Um, those are like the words that are coming up, like just, you know, as much as I work to be like um, a very serious person in the world, you know, it feels very much like all of that's taken by just one word um, yeah. and that people will use that label to do that. Um I don't know. I, it's like I've I've worked so hard to to be myself, and then you know that word just kind of is the antithesis of of what I do want to be. Yeah. How does how do people around you now help you not feel unhinged? Um. I think it's like Ashley. You know, she was the best friend to have around because. She was willing to listen when I wanted to talk about it, but otherwise it was business as usual. You know, we're just going back to to normal life, and this was this crazy thing that happened. And, you know, this was an experience on TV. It's not who I am. And, um, you know, that's we're going to label it as that, put it in a box, and put it back in the closet. And and that's kind of how I handled that. I, I talk about it in therapy, but otherwise... Um, you know, it's people that know me for who I am and support me for that. And um, we kind of laugh about the TV experience. Yeah, well, I'm glad for that. I mean, to me, I, I wouldn't, I mean, unhinged is such a weird way of looking at it. It's a common way of the internet looking at reality TV show people. And the, mm -hmm. the hypothesis, conceptualization I have is that there's a lot of lonely, hurt people in the world. And it reality TV provides this focal point. It's like on a playground when uh, there's a decided victim of bullying, you know, someone that's different and everyone just who feels crappy about themselves, just like, okay, we've decided as a crowd that that person is worth bullying. They're defenseless. They have no friends. Let's go for them. And, you know, job well done. I have this temporary five minute boost of self-esteem and, and then it's right back to loneliness and inner pain. And, you know, reality TV just is this lightning rod for that insecurity and pain. It just shows just how much pain everyone is in. And, and it doesn't, you know, to be a victim of bullying, which you were and still are, is um, is not okay. But it does, I don't know, make sense when you think about all the pain in the world. And mm -hmm. the thing, I'll, my narrative of you is that, especially hearing what you're saying, um, cause that was a question. I was like, is she really in love with Mark? Cause I, it didn't, it didn't come across. So I'm just going to tell you to me, it seemed like you definitely had some sure. infatuation with Barnett, but it, it didn't seem like, but I believe you that you did for, for Mark was it complicated by some things. Yeah. And perhaps was he with his kind of performative pressure might have put you off on a certain way. I'm guessing that was um, a complicating factor as well. But anyway, mm -hmm. the way I saw you was you were just a, a real person who was trying to find love and you had some imperfections that everyone has and you got a little too drunk once because it was just like a constant stream of free booze that's just sitting there, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. what else are you going to do? Like, and you weren't even that drunk. You know, it wasn't like you were passed out. It's just like you're a little slurry <laughs> with your words, you know? It was yeah. just like... Have you ever gone to a party? You know, it's like people, you know, you get a little slurry sometimes or whatever. And, and then, you know, the way you dealt with the reunion and the way you dealt with Amber afterwards, I thought was commendable. You know, you definitely yeah, could have played into that. the drama and, and you didn't. And, you, you know, you were real, real humble and nice about it. And um, you didn't take my advice there. <laughs> oh really? You told her to no, really go for it. I was like, you have nothing to apologize for. Get in there and just, you know. I, and it was just, I was hard being her friend from the sidelines and seeing so many people say such negative things about someone that I know who is not this character that obviously they've seen on television. It's just the scroll right here that's before us, right? So I was just like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, I think anybody would act crazy. Put me in a room or you know, in Mexico with a 24 year old. I'm not gonna be happy either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's real. 
Yeah. So, you know, obviously you have support and that's, that's good. But, um, uh, I, I hope that, I hope that you can heal from the bullying. I, I, I think it, it'll take a lifetime maybe of, yeah. of work to heal from that. Yeah. And it's interesting what you say that people, I think, numb out from everything that's going on in the world around us, numb out, tune into these TV shows, feel like they're a part of it. Right. And then they turn on this bullying mentality. And then it's either further extrapolated when you jump onto social media, because then you can be a part of something. Like you say, you can be a part of that group where the mob mentality starts. And it's I could see it firsthand. It'd be interesting to have someone analyze my social media from back then, because you would see like one comment come up about, you know, being an abusive dog mom. And then it would be like three more comments like that. Um, and then, you know, the next topic would come up and then it'd be like three more behind that. And then people love to like those hateful comments. There's like 10,000 likes on that. And, um, so you can see that people really want to be a part of something, even if it's going after someone, you know, at least we're in the in crowd. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like quite a wild thing. Um, but I'll take the, the goodness that I got out of it, which I do feel is, is quite a bit and, the closeness that, um, you know, I got to friends like Ashley and, and my family, um, coming out of it. I don't, I don't know that I would, I would really change that much. Um, hopefully next season they don't have another Jessica. So <laughs> I'm not coming up in everyone's mind again. Um, well, people are saying in relation on. to Shana, you're a much, you know, she's a worse Jessica is what people are saying. <laughs> so you and, at least can oh, bank on that a little bit. Oh my gosh. And she's so lovely. I've, I've met her and, um, <clears throat> well, virtually that's another thing. I've been a support team to a lot of the cast members. So they've reached out for advice. So if nothing else, um, you know, I can be there for those who come after me. Yeah. Do you, do you talk with Mark at all? No, I don't. Oh. Um, and he, you said performative. Was there something that you know that was, was there some, something going on behind the scenes with Mark that I don't know about? Well, uh, I think that, I can give an example. You, you said it last week, which is when they get to Mexico and he's like, all right, let's, let's start a business. We're going to be a fit couple. Yeah. It was almost like that was first for him. Like, let's, yeah. let's, let's do the damn thing. Let's start a business. And she's like, wait, I, I'm just trying to meet you and get to know you. And I feel like that was putting on a show too. And like, what are your motives here? Yeah. And I, I, that, and I think the performative nature was just, I was trying to be real with him. And when the cameras were off, I was like, I'm so sorry. I got him way over my head. I don't have these feelings. And <clears throat> when the cameras were turned on, it was just like, but I love you. And like, why wouldn't you want this to work? And it was, it, it wasn't real kind of, if that so makes sense. When like, the it's not cameras are turned off, he would say to you, I got in over my head. No, I would say to him and I would be, I'm very sorry. I'm, you know, how can we work through this? And he's like, it's all good. You know, let's keep trying. And then when the cameras so he were knew turned that you on, weren't really motivated to be with him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I was very honest about yeah. it, about where my feelings were. But when the cameras were turned on, it was in his best interest to be very interested still, and you know. Um, so he play into knew the when the cameras are on. He knew she's not into me. This is over but I'm going to act like maybe she is, even though I know she's not, because I want the show to continue. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I and mean, he's just a bad actor. And so when I was watching, I'm like, there's something off with the yeah. way that he's he's saying these things. Yeah. I don't think he had an ill intent and I don't want to bash him or anything like that. I'm just saying you really kind of nailed it because, and it didn't make sense to a lot of people. Like, why is she doing all these things? To me, it makes sense because a lot of the stuff that wasn't aired was me saying, I'm not into this. I'm, you know, I need to tap out. I need to go home. And um, some people play into the storyline, you know, a little bit more. So yeah, that's kind of what I was, the performative. One one cast member that I heard through a friend who was a friend of Mark's in a weird sort of twist. Ah. So it's just rumor, but told me that Mark was not happy with what I was saying, which I felt oh. 
which I felt bad about. And I was like, oh no. Cause again, uh, in the beginning, yeah. I didn't think any of y'all were going to be seeing it. We all stuff. watched it. That's funny. And so, <laughs> Well, he, he had so many uh, positive comments and I, you know, <laughs> one negative. Oh man. Oh boy. Even. Right. He was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Are we done with their voicemails? Oh, I think we had one more. And our hotline. Yeah. Thanks, and thank Dr. you everybody Kirk, for helping us. Yes. I know you're these. so appreciate it. Absolutely. We have one more um, from Hannah Hall. Hannah, thanks so much for calling in. Hey girls, this is Hannah from Greenville, South Carolina. I am absolutely loving this podcast. It is so hilarious and so fun and it just is a big stress reliever for me. Um, I wanted to chime in on the 3 a.m. Jarrett situation. I absolutely would die if my husband came home at 3 a.m. In my opinion, Jarrett's intentions are really sweet and pure. I think he just has amazing, fabulous friends. They look amazing. Um, I mean, I'm like, heck, I kind of want to hang out with his friends. They look awesome. But I think he's living the bachelor lifestyle, and it's time to tone it down. I think Ayana could be married to a rock. She's so sweet and seems like she would put up with anything, which kind of makes them a good couple. Um, But I do hope that she can speak up for herself and kind of let him know, which I know she's already doing a little bit, but for her to say 3 a.m., you know, maybe you could be home by 3 a.m., I really hope that he will be home by 10 o'clock and be there to go to bed with her. Um, but I also hope that maybe they can figure out a way to relax and rest together because him going out and her staying home to read a book, to me, that's not going to help build their relationship. So I think they're an amazing couple, but like you guys, I don't know if I'm an old fart or what, but I would absolutely have him sleeping in his car because the door's would be locked in three <laughs> anyway, love you girls. Thank you for the content. Thank you, Hannah. The cutest <laughs> accent. Do you see this a lot with couples, doctor? Is there ever a situation where maybe the man, hubby, fiance, whoever comes home at like three in the morning and, and what's your advice for that? Well, uh, it's in a larger category of, um, making requests of your partner and, and telling them how you feel instead of, you know, it's often framed as like, well, it's wrong that he's doing that. And it's, it's not inherently wrong. It's, uh, it affects her and she has stated that. And so if she lays it out, there's, there's two roads that you can go down. And Ayana kind of goes down the destructive road, which is to judge and to, to say, you can't do that because of this and that. And that can work. And he seems open to that. So he, he seems to be kind of reading between the lines, but that can lead to some really destructive roads because it, it, it feels like someone's just telling you what to do. It feels like they're criticizing. Whereas if you go down the vulnerable and honest route, which is when you go out, I'm lonely and I worry and I feel like you don't prioritize me, which Ayana did kind of communicate about. And it hurts my feelings and it makes me feel like I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And that's more honest. It's owning your own feelings. It's telling, and it gives Jarrett the opportunity, the Jarrett's of the world, the opportunity to see, oh, I'm not being controlled. I'm not being barked at. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to hurt my partner. I have to, I love my partner. I have to balance out like, well, I want to go out with Mm -hmm. my buddies and, um, and they're going to be hurt if I don't hang out with them. But I love my partner and I don't want, to make her feel that way. And so I will generate the solution to that, which is to, to stop doing that so often. And so, so it's, it's not right or wrong that he does it. It's how people communicate about it. I love that. I really like that. Yeah. And I wonder now, you know, have they worked through those things? I guess we'll find out at the reunion because we know based on the amount of sweat on Nick, that that was a day in July in Chicago. The reunion was taped last week, so it's been about seven months. So I wonder if, you know, to Dr. Kirk's point, that they've worked through some of those things. And I think that's so interesting. They've come to a resolution. Yeah, because I feel like women, you know, and especially it's like what me and you, how we handled it last week, we're like, the doors are locked. That's unacceptable. Like, don't even try it. Whereas, you know. Well, and what do you do? 
What do you do now that you're married and you're watching this show back and you're like, wait, he was he was hammered at the wedding? <laughs> that might cause a fight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm like, oh, no, like eventually they're going to see this scene. Is this going to really hurt them? And yeah, it's it, that's what it I keep thinking. That's yeah. what I keep thinking to myself. Great advice, though. Great advice. I think that might be it on our story arc, Jess, unless there's something else. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Kirkonda, for joining us today. What a treat. Um, Keep doing what you do. Everyone's loving it. Um, We just appreciate it. Shout out your YouTube. It's called Psychology in Seattle. Awesome. And thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I I was really excited. Uh, My wife was excited um, for me to be on with you as well. Um, and, uh, and I hope that you can, and it sounds like you're doing great and you know, you're kind of getting in, I don't know if this is what it's like for you, Jessica, but having your own podcast, it's like you control the edit. Now you control the content. And so that's exactly it. Uh, it feels more powerful. It feels empowering. It feels like you're, you got your hands on the wheel. You can sort of have fans come to you and, get that support. And, uh, you know, you really deserve that. Exactly. It's, it's for me and it's also for others, um, you know, who, who will come after me that we can support and, and get their stories out too. Yeah. So thank you, Dr. Kirkonda, Psychology in Seattle. Everyone go check it out. It is amazing. You also do uh, 90 Day Fiance. That's right. Is that right? Okay, cool. So, well, so I watched your show and then everyone started saying, you got to watch 90 Day Fiance. I'd never <laughs> heard of it before because I don't watch reality TV. I've never seen it. And, and so it's interesting. I mean, it it's, it's got wild. some interesting storylines for sure. Well, cool. Well, go check him out, everyone. I appreciate y'all being here. Yes, and please subscribe. Thanks, please Kirkland. review our podcast and please share. Um, check out our YouTube. What else are we supposed to say, Jess? Leave us a voicemail. We love these. Yes. Get on that hotline. We're loving hearing from all of you. We're even going to think about doing one podcast dedicated solely to our hotline callers because it's just fire. You guys are great. And everyone out there, reassure that Jessica is not unhinged. (laughs) Not at all. Please. (laughs) Thanks, y'all.